Welcome to Grace Abounds. I'm Pastor Jen Shaw, and in this podcast, I'm sharing my Sunday sermons from St. John's Lutheran Church, Palm Desert, California. I'm so grateful that you've joined us, and I trust that these words build you up in faith, hope, and love. When I was in high school, I wrote a poem, a haiku, entitled, A Short Statement on Christian Vocation and Obedience. It reads, Go, the voice said to me, and I went. I didn't know at the time how this poem would unfold in my own life. With the voice of the Lord calling me, years later and in various ways, to go to seminary, go into ordained ministry, go to St. John's Palm Desert. And while my journey was and is much more complicated than this short poem makes it sound, I still feel the truth of its simplicity, the straightforward faith that gives us the openness to hear the call of the Lord and the courage to follow it. We are all called as Christians to share the good news of Jesus in our words, in our deeds, in our lives every day, Monday through Sunday. Whatever our profession, our vocation, our mission, our calling is to follow Jesus, to tell people about him and invite people into his beloved community, the church, to be his witnesses. As Jesus explains to his disciples on the day of his ascension, this moment with his disciples is the culmination of the three years that Jesus spent with them during his public ministry, teaching them who he is and who they are and why it matters. The disciples were with Jesus when he healed Peter's mother-in-law and calmed a storm at sea and fed thousands on a hillside with five loaves of bread and two fish. When Jesus offered the parable of the Good Samaritan, and declared that the greatest commandment, the highest law, the most important thing is love God with your whole being and love your neighbor as yourself. When he said, do not worry about tomorrow because God cares for the lilies and the sparrows and God cares for you. When he explained repeatedly that in Jerusalem, he would be betrayed and arrested and undergo great suffering and be killed and on the third day rise again to life. And he did. He suffered and died on the cross and was buried. And on the third day, he rose again for us and for our salvation. And after he rose... He spent six more weeks with his disciples, assuring them that he really is alive, opening their minds to understand the scriptures, 
explaining once again that he is the Messiah. The fulfillment of God's promise to send the Savior, the embodiment of the God who lives and gives us life. The God who is with us and for us forever. And he has given us what God the Father has promised, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the divine breath of life who sends us, the advocate who guides us in the truth, the comforter who wraps us in the love of God. As Jesus explains to his disciples in our readings from Luke and Acts for today, Though they still don't quite get it yet. They still wonder if this will be the time, finally, when Jesus will restore the kingdom to Israel, to their nation, to their people. Expressing, even here, the expectation that Jesus would be a national, temporal, earthbound king come to overthrow the occupying Roman Empire, to restore the region and its resources to Israel, to make Israel as prominent as it had been or was thought to have been in the glory days of King David. An expectation that Jesus clearly and consistently rejected. Jesus is not king of one nation over against another. Jesus is the king of all creation, all nations, all peoples. As our reading from Ephesians today affirms. And so Jesus redirects his disciples from both nostalgia over the past and speculation about the future. He says to them, it is not for you to know the times that are set by God the Father. Jesus says to them that we will not know when he returns. And our faith is not based in when Christ will return. Our faith is based in Christ who will return. Who will, in the fullness of time known only to God, repair this broken world who will make all things whole, who holds our past and present and future, who holds us all in his steady, loving hands. And so Jesus continues telling his disciples what they do need to know. You will be my witnesses. We are not called to speculate. We are called to participate, to be open to the powerful healing work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in the lives of others and in this world, to tell the people in our lives, all of them, about our experience of Jesus, to follow his example of sacrificial love. You will be my witnesses. Acts 1.8 is the great commission in the writings of Luke. The theme verse for the book of Acts, which goes on to recount these disciples' 
empowered and inspired by the Holy Spirit, witnessing to the good news of Jesus Christ. And with these words, his work on earth in the flesh completed and his ministry entrusted to his disciples, Jesus ascends into heaven. He goes to prepare a place for us. He is seated at the right hand of God the Father. Not a literal location in outer space, but symbolic language representing the majesty of the God who is Lord of all. When Jesus Christ vanishes in a cloud from the sight of the disciples, a cloud being a symbol in both Old and New Testaments for the mysterious and wondrous presence of God, Christ transcends, as God does, the limitations of time and space. Jesus Christ incarnate walked the streets of Jerusalem some 2,000 years ago. Christ risen and ascended is everywhere, every time, every place, with everyone, always, no matter when or where or who we are. Christ is with us. And, as Jesus said they would, his disciples shared this good news from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to Rome and Alexandria to Seoul and Sydney to Wartburg and Wittenberg to Palm Desert, California to wherever you happen to be watching this worship service today. Billions of people over thousands of years, all over the planet, have heard and believed the good news of Jesus Christ. And they have passed along their faith to others by the power of the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit working in and through every disciple after those very first disciples who, like us, did not experience Jesus directly in the flesh and trusted him with their lives, who did not see and yet believe. From St. Francis to Mother Teresa, from Julian of Norwich to Dietrich Bonhoeffer, from Martin Luther to Martin Luther King Jr., we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses who declared and continue to declare that Christ is with us. Christ is with us in the Holy Spirit. Someone just mentioned before the service that the penuma, the Hebrew for, uh, the Greek for spirit, and the Hebrew is ruach, that word also means breath and wind and that the Spirit is blowing today. Christ is present with us in that Holy Spirit who guides and comforts and reminds us of the truth. Christ is with us in his words and example that continue to teach and inspire us. Christ is with us in his meal 
his body and blood given for us that we will share later in this service. Christ is with us in this beloved community of faith. Christ is present in each one of us. In the words of Martin Luther, surely we are named after Christ, not because he is absent from us, but because he dwells within us. That is, because we believe in him and are Christ's one to another and do to others as Christ has done to us. As Christ ends, we are all of us called by our namesake, our Savior, our Lord, to be his witnesses, to tell people about him, to do his good work, to live the gospel every moment of every day, to go. The voice said to you, and you, Thanks for listening. We're doing this every week, so make sure to subscribe. If you'd like more information about St. John's mission to know Christ and make Christ known, visit our website, stjohnslutheran.church. May God bless you on this day and in all the days ahead.